0: Welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joe Brenner from beautiful Port Clinton, Ohio. This is my last weekend before I go back to start my second year of medical school at the University of Toledo. Couple, or one big thing in the athletic world I'm looking forward to for the Rockets season is my former Hillsdale College teammate uh, plays. He transferred to Central Michigan for this upcoming football season and they play at the Glass Bowl this year. So I am very much looking forward to being able to watch my guy play in the Glass Bowl coming up soon. I believe that's a uh, September game. As far as injuries in the sports world go, we are going to just talk about ACLs today because one of the big ones that, I mean, this time kind of stinks. This is a lot of free agency stuff going on for NFL and NBA. Still haven't, are There's still some big-time pieces out there in the NFL, some of those receivers. And the NBA, or some of the trades are still being talked about, like Donovan Mitchell. The Heat are in. Talks for both Donovan Mitchell. They were with Kyrie at one point, but it appears they, along with everybody else, declined and are now in talks for Kevin Durant as well. I think the only thing that would make me not want to have him is – or I just wouldn't want to give Tyler Hero up for him. That's my big thing. I I wouldn't mind trading Bam Adebayo right now. We just got a a new – undrafted seven-footer, and really he's bigger than Bambi. He might not be as strong or as good a finisher around the rim, but I mean, if we get Kevin Durant, that'll make up for his offensive production and probably you know, just having a seven-footer, a Tristan Thompson-type guy who kind of plays around the rim and can stay out of the way when guys are driving because that's what he was with LeBron, and that's a valuable piece when you have a slashing team as the Heat are. And I know we led the league in three point efficiency, but a lot of those guys did not show up in the playoffs. And I'd rather have Kevin Durant than, you know, I love Duncan, love Gabe Vincent, love those guys. But if we're going to get rid of them, now's the time. As far as injuries, though, EJ Liddell tore his. He's a former Ohio State basketball player and he is now with the Pelicans and he just tore his ACL. So we're just going to do a quick ACL talk. So the ACL prevents your, your tibia from sliding forward from your knee. So that's the lower part of your leg. It just prevents your leg from sliding forward that way. So a lot of guys, if uh, it's part of the evil triad or unhappy triad of the knee with the medial, Meniscus and MCL, which is the medial collateral ligament on the inside of your leg. So, if you're planted and that kind of holds a lot of that stability, that's why a lot of turf injuries, a lot of teams complain about turf, especially in the NFL, not having turf. And then I know the Washington Commanders field gets a lot of complaints about how well their field does as far as slide, slipping and stuff. It can happen both from being planted and having uh, another force impact it. The force of your own leg trying to um, regain your balance when you're sliding is another one. You know, Booby Miles in uh, Friday Night Lights is a good example of an ACL injury. There's been lots of them over the years. Derrick Rose, a huge one that comes to mind. D. D Wade also. At it, my guy. And there's a lot of different ways that they do it now, too. Now, I mean, Adrian Peterson came back really quickly. there, And he came back just as good and won an MVP. Uh, It's not as much of a death sentence as it used to be. And I know Biz from Barstool was talking about how when he was in the NHL, I think he only had, he tore both of them, and he's only had one of them fixed since. So you don't need it for everyday life you don't need it potentially in hockey i think it's recommended that you get it in most sports but it is not a necessary thing it's not like you're not going to be able to move for the rest of your life without it it's just if you're a young athlete it's usually recommended that you get it just for your everyday life it's also associated with a very high um occurrence of osteoarthritis later so Your chances of getting a knee replacement or something of the like are going to uh, Significantly increase should you tear your ACL? one of the big ways to prevent ACL injuries is To train your knees to you know, the knees over toes is a new thing. Just train your knees to withstand that impact if you're training your body the other way where you're always keeping your knees behind your toes and when your knees do go over your toes inevitably in a sport. They've never been there before. You just gotta train yourself to be in those situations. Explosion, practice the explosiveness, all that stuff, because, but, you know, as we said with uh, Derek Rose, your body's not meant to take that. So there are different ways to do the ACL surgery. Most of them are arthroscopic now, so they'll just, go through and do a little bit. They can do it all through little ports and stuff. One of the big things that they do for for graft harvesting, there's a couple different options. You can do a cadaver, which that would be someone else's, you know, a dead person's ligament of some sort, or you can do an allograft, which is your own body. The allograft is gonna come from either your quadricep tendon, which is above your kneecap, your patellar ligament, which is between your kneecap and your shin bone there. And then you have your hamstring, which is another one. I heard Joe Rogan today say that he had a cadaver Achilles tendon, and that's going to be a lot stronger just because of how thick it is. And I think the only reason he was able to do that was because he didn't have other damage. Like I said, a lot of the time there's meniscal damage and MCL damage associated with the ACL. So once you have your types, they'll have like drawbacks and stuff. One of the things I've heard with patellar for, for say is it just causes unnecessary knee pain because you're not only recovering then from the ACL, but you're recovering from the patellar you know resection right there and even though it's not potentially going to weaken the patellar ligament a whole lot it is just more pain so when you're getting back into that rehab some of the pain you might think is your knee you might think you're unstable or you're not firing adequately in your muscles or something's going wrong there it could just be that patellar pain I think that's what Dwayne Wade had and he was not Happy with the results from that and I think most athletes are going away from that The hamstring is another one that would I'm sure athletes be wary of just because they rely on that there aren't any great options and I think that but for the most part the patellar and The hamstring are the most common at this point my sister just got the patellar graft and it's gonna be The strongest initially you're gonna have usually a quicker return and it's the most common so surgeons are gonna have the most experience with it but like I said when you're kneeling or getting back into the groove of things you're gonna have a little bit more pain and there's gonna be an extra incision there because they have to go in so it's even though it's an arthroscopic surgery they do have to kind of if you see that big knee scar right there that's not from actually the surgery that's from taking the graft and you have increased patellar tendinitis. So it's just a lot more pain associated with that area. There is the hamstring. Like I said, that is the least amount of pain. Usually it's going to be easier to rehab your quad. If you know, that's been not firing and it's, there's no extra incision cause you're going to use the same place that you go in to do the, uh, fixation later It's usually not as strong initially. So you have to maybe go a little bit slower but you know you're, you're back just as much as six to seven months where you would be five to six possibly if you're a pro athlete and You're doing the patellar. So depending on your offseason where you are that might be a a better uh, option for you again, you got to take in is it just knee pain is it knee instability and then the hamstring you, you might be taking as well and then you can take another sorry the allograft is from someone else but you can you can potentially get bigger thicker tendons and or ligaments if you're going with someone else's one of the allografts and that's going to be less pain it's going to have a lot more strength and it's gonna have just as fast return to play. The incision is going to be smaller on the tibia when you're attaching it, because it starts in the medial tibia and goes to the lateral femur. So it runs from the front, and then um, it's in the front, that's why it's anterior, and it goes medial to lateral from tibia up to femur. But the other, uh, the one risk, there is a potential risk of viral, infection especially if that person had aids or something and in younger athletes there is a higher chance of re-tearing that so i don't understand why there's a higher uh, chance of re-tearing especially when it's going to be a thicker thing so maybe it's just not meant to be in that position or maybe because it's a little older and it's not it's not living material and you're probably not going to get a young person's living or dead material so if you could get you know it's a horrible thing but if you could get a younger aloe graft that might be the way to go so once you have your graft figured out they're going to go through the port and they will first they have to drill holes up and down into your tibia and femur and then they have to they do a, a stitch they fixates it a fixation stitch Into the femur so that way it'll stay there and that's what takes the longest to heal your Knee itself doesn't get opened up a whole lot. They have to kind of get through some fascia and some of the outer Just kind of connective material that holds your knee together But after that they just drill the hole through your knee And then match them up match the size they have to hold it in place with the fastening device and then they straighten and bend to make sure it's just tight enough it's not too tight it's not gonna be pulled out of place when your knee is straight and it's not too loose when your knee is loose you know you don't want that thing to be loose in your knee but you don't want it to be overly tight at any point so they just go up and down to make sure and then they close it up it's usually an outpatient incision it's not a huge deal um, as far as not a huge risk of life or anything it's usually an in and out Uh, it's just the a lot of times they have you not doing anything for so long beforehand unless you're a professional athlete and then so long after one of the big things is just making sure your muscles are then strong enough to get you back to the point to where you're the same safety and risk that you were before so it's really just letting the bone itself heel in there kind of everything tighten up fasten around the new ligament and then get back to getting those muscles to fire I know a lot of people have struggles with getting their feet or their quads to fire and that could take up to a year maybe two before it's firing on all cylinders again especially those quadriceps and if you're you know an athlete where you're used to that losing that where you're relying heavily on the other one that's where a lot of those Issues come up your one leg is so much stronger than the other so That's a lot of times why it takes athletes so long to get back into shape, but these you know nowadays. They're also Already so fit and so uh, Well-trained that when that happens they get the surgery so soon that they're back before you know it and that's gonna be our injury talk for the day as far as our injured and recovered for injured Lamar Jackson, a former Ravens Super Bowl player champion, took a shot at Lamar, said he might not still be ascending. He thinks they should pay him, but he doesn't know. You know, he just says he might not be a Super Bowl winner ever. I understand that. Maybe he won't. I think that their division right now is kind of up for grabs. We'll see about the Deshaun situation. The Bengals are, you know, coming off a great year, but sometimes that Super Bowl loss just hangs on teams. It's a longer season. They are going to have their white helmets, which looks sick. But I think Lamar and the Steelers are the Steelers. So this this uh, whole division is going to be a crapshoot. I think the Ravens should have been the favorite last year before all their entire backfield got injured. And I think that they should be the favorite, even in front of the Browns this year. I think Lamar is probably the best, second-best player maybe behind Miles Garrett in that division and I think when he gets back, he'll remind everybody why. I am kind of surprised they haven't paid him yet, especially because he has more wins through as many games as any quarterback, I believe, ever. And he has shown, you know, he's an MVP already. He's kind of shown that he can take that role, and I think they're, you know, but he did get hurt, so we'll we'll see, but I think he can take that role. Recovered, the Nets, it looks like, you know, there's still trade talks for Kevin Durant. He really does want out. But at this point, they've got Kyrie back, and they have full right to just stick their foot in the ground and say, we're running it back. We have not seen Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons together yet. So who knows if that would work because, again, we haven't seen it. Who knows what Ben Simmons looks like? We haven't seen him for the last half of last year, it feels like. So They having those three together might be kind of fun. And I hope the Nets do it. I'm kind of tired of guys flaking out of deals after they get the long-term money. And although I'd love to see Kevin Durant on the Heat if he goes back to anywhere, including the Warriors, I would just be upset and over it. Injured, the Jazz, they're rebuilding. They got rid of Gobert. They're talking about shipping Donovan Mitchell off to, like I said, either the Knicks or the Heat. They're a strange franchise. I don't think they've ever won a championship. They had the two in the '90s. They lost to Jordan and the Bulls, and since I can remember, they've always kind of been a playoff team, but never. I mean, I think they lost to the the Dallas Mavericks in the year the Heat won the championship, but they're just never all the way there. So they, they you know, they had their quick assembly, and they're ready to turn things back around. Good for them for jumping off it early. Maybe they can land a player or two but I think just being in Utah and not having been able to draft you know the other part of that is yeah they haven't had any super high draft picks um, going to our next recovered the NBA rookies right now all of them in the top four that you know Bencaro, um, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey all of those guys have put up, you know, big numbers and they look like they'll be good players right away. Now that, you know, we're going to redraft. Everybody does at some point do that thing just for fun. And maybe one of the later guys is a bigger star. Maybe one of like Jaden Ivey might play much better than the other four guys drafted ahead of him. But I think just the talent level is just so good in the world right now that I don't know if there will really be any true busts at the top of these NBA drafts going on from here on out just because every everybody's big everybody can shoot everybody can dribble you know they're all just capable basketball players very early on there's no real bust potential they might not all be Michael Jordan LeBron James you know those guys are special maybe a Kobe Bryant comes later in the draft but at the top of the draft I think for the next couple years if you're drafting there you're at least going to have a role player I mean even Cade Cunningham, for as much as I don't really like him, he's had a solid year last year too. Just everybody at the top of the draft, Evan Mobley, all those guys, once they get going, they just play right away, and it's cool to see. The Pac-10 is on our injured list just because I think they're in the worst position probably to still be a conference moving forward. I mean, if we're going to cut it down to three or four, the ACC is still holding together pretty well. The... Big 12 obviously lost their big dogs in Texas and Oklahoma already, and the Pac lost theirs in UCLA and USC. Oregon, probably going to get out. Washington, probably going to get out to those big names in the Pac 10 or 12 or whatever it is now, and they're just going to be no longer. I think they might be able to hop in a lot of the bigger schools. Stanford's going to go somewhere. They're not going to fall out of existence, but I think that just because of the – regionality of the Big 12 still. They might be able to scoop up some of those schools like Cal. They might be able to go all the way up to Oregon State. It's not gonna be feasible, I think, for a lot of sports, but for football, you might as well just try to grab them as much as you can because you still have Oklahoma State, you still have Baylor, which are big schools that have had success and will kind of anchor that program and that regionality down, That not that program, that conference. Recovered, Coastal Baseball, the Yankees, Mets, and Dodgers are still at the top of the list for just baseball in general right now. I know the Astros are making a push, and there are some hot teams coming up, but those three teams seem like they're in a league of their own, and they'll be in the, the playoffs, if not the final three of the final four teams remaining at the end of the year. Injured is the Home Run Derby. They let Albert Pujols in this year. I think it's just a ceremonial thing. He is the eight seed, and I think he has six on the year so far. It's just, you know, a gimmick. They've been trying to just get people to watch for all this time. I miss when they just be able to do 10 outs just because we got to see guys like Josh Hamilton hit 35. That was just, you know, an electric moment. Um, Now the time limit is just – it kind of restricts those guys – They can still get like 24, I think is the most in a round, which is pretty incredible. I don't really like the head to head matchup. I'd rather it was like a rounds thing. But they got to try things to get viewers, and it's a ceremonial thing. And they can do whatever they want with it. Finally, the World Cup. I had them under recovered, but I meant to put them under injured. Can you, like, this weekend right now? There's just been no sports going on for so long, going into kind of the end of June. Even I don't know when the World Cup. I think it's usually around this time. And why is it not being played right now? It's because it's in Qatar, and right now it'd be a hundred thousand degrees there, and they're probably not done building the stadiums with slaves and stuff like that. So it's a bummer that FIFA lets something that's so fun, especially. In America, we're trying to grow the game, just to have another sport on that is watchable. Grow the game, get people out into the seats, get people excited about American soccer, and you're going to put it during football season and maybe our best World Cup team of, you know, we weren't even, didn't even make the last one, so of at least the decade. I think we have a good shot at making, at least getting out of the group this year. We just have our hated rivals england in our group after that though i think we could make a run i don't follow it too closely but right now is when i like to watch it even when the u.s isn't in it and we just they are missing out on a lot of american viewership i know it's bigger than america and they like to remind us that but it certainly wouldn't help all right that wraps things up for this week good luck to Everybody getting through the dog days of summer and only a couple more months until football.